0: Welcome to the Thanksgiving episode of The Backup Plan. I hope that you're having fun cooking for your friends or family or that you're having fun putting on stretchy pants for your friends, your family, or that you're putting on your stretchy pants all by yourself, because sometimes I just want to give thanks for the ability to be alone. Anyway, I am recording this from the guest room of my mother's Orlando home. I have met my niece. She's not even two months old. She's so small because she was a little preemie, and she had a tough time coming into this world, but she is... Fighting and fighting and fighting her way through it, and she's surrounded by so much love and so much support. There's no doubt that she's going to thrive and just do fantastically. And I haven't seen fingernails this tiny. She's so cute. She's so small. And then I've been spending a lot of time with my three-year-old nephew, who is a little crackerjack. And nobody in my family makes more sense to me than he does. He's my dude he is my spirit in a tinier little body. I'm sure his parents would say that he is their spirit in a tiny body, but I don't know, man. Uh, Genetics are one thing, but all right, let's get back to fertility. Something I didn't detail last week was the fact that before we even got into any of these appointments, an insurance coordinator from Kind Body called me to let me know what all of my benefits were. And that's wildly impressive. It's not something that they need to do. There are a lot of doctor's offices that don't do that and a lot of services that don't do that. They just kind of say like, oh, yeah, insurance will cover it and you may have some extra payments here or there and we'll let you know after you've had those procedures done. But no, they detailed everything and They said, let's make the most of it, and we'll figure out a way, and I got a direct contact for somebody, and she was just absolutely fantastic, and I can't thank them enough for that extra little step. It doesn't cost me anything, but it really, I mean, it really sold the whole package to me. So, after knowing how much I was going to spend on things, I went to my first appointment, and I was surprised when they gave me the address of the kind body location in Newport Beach. Because my understanding was that that establishment wasn't going to be open yet. And I, somebody had told me that it would be open in October. Other people told me, no, it's not going to be open until next year. So again, surprised. So I drive up and it is straight up a construction site. <laughs> like, lots of men walking around with lumber and the sounds of saws. And it's in this, you know, little kind of strip, mall situation. And I saw the kind body RV, which I've seen pictures of it online. So I was like, okay, if nothing else, they'll know what to do. So I walked up and like, opened the door and hoisted myself in and it looked like one of their offices inside. They said, come on in, we have been expecting you. Are you Meredith? Like, we're so glad to see you. And it was two women who were the best. Kiana, Joanne, huge shout out. Kiana, I think is, I think Kiana is a listener of the podcast now. So I am thrilled to have you here, girl. They were the best. Like I had the nicest time with them in this silly little RV. We had so much to talk about and they've been working for KindBody for a while. I think Joanne in particular said that she has worked at three of their locations and she said, you know, it's such a good company to work for. I'm so happy to be here. And that fucking shows, you know, like I am such a huge advocate of treating your people right because then that, reflects back on all of the folks who come in to use your services or buy your products or what have you. I'm not going to turn this into like an MBA lesson, but treat your people right and they'll treat you right back. And it it's it's a cyclical thing, right? So they were so sweet. And they're like, okay, we're going to do your ultrasound back here. And they led me to the back of the RV. It felt very much like a rural, like mobile doctor, you know, through the Appalachian Mountains or <laughs> something. Or something. And like I said about the vibe in the last podcast, like it was still popping. Like there was nice lighting. The walls were painted a lovely color. There was art and, you know, curtains. And it didn't feel like some kind of shady side of the road gig, which I mean, it kind of is at the moment. So this was my first vaginal ultrasound. So. So exciting. I wasn't nervous about it because I just, I don't get nervous about doctor's appointments and I don't get nervous about things going up my vagina. And it was easy. Like it didn't hurt. It wasn't problematic. And Kiana administered it and she was like so great about telling me where things were going, what I would feel. And then she really talked through the whole ultrasound. She's like, do you want to see? I was like, heck yeah. Can I record it? And she was like, 100%. So I have that. I might put it up on the old Instagram this week. And after I was done with that, um, I was taken out and Joanne gave me my blood work. And, you know, it's, I'm not, I hate IVs. And so with this kind of blood work, you know, they do the multiple vials so they have it just kind of They have it stuck in there and they just keep popping the vials on and that just, I'm just uncomfortable with that. It's not, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't make me queasy, but it's just like, ugh, I hate it. I hate the feeling of like an IV in my arm. And like, not this most recent doctor's appointment I had, like my annual physical, but the last one before that I went in and like. I don't know if I hadn't had enough breakfast or or what, but it was the first time I actually felt like I was going to pass out from giving blood, and I had to sit there, and they brought me all kinds of snacks and stuff like that, they were very, you know, cautious with me. So now when I get blood work, this is the second time I've done it since that time, I'm always like kind of nervous it's going to happen. So they had a juice box for me at the ready, which was just nice, and it was natural. Love that, right? It goes with the vibes. It's good branding. And then I had to do a pee test, which I had to go outside to a porta potty that was designated specifically for kind body, and it said like no construction workers allowed. But it was weird, like going out and carrying my little pee cup in empty and out full past men in hard hats. But you know what? It's clearly I'm fine sharing my shit. So whatever. So after that, I drove home and then about an hour later, I had a call that I thought was my family building meeting, but it wasn't. It was another, I actually don't know exactly what it was. Um, It was a a call with a woman. uh, They said it was with a third party. So I'm going to be honest, I don't exactly know what this call was. Was and I'm going through my whole kind body message system, and I don't see anything in there about like, oh, you're meeting with this person at this time and it's for this. But this, I think, I think when they called me and left a message, they said it was like your third party consult or something, which I thought was a family building meeting. But it turns out I actually have to schedule that. That's what I'm seeing now in the messages that that's a totally different group of people. So I went into this expecting to explain what my situation was, and for that person to instruct me on like, okay, here are the people we're going to need to talk to. Let's make a checklist of the things we need to do to get Michael's sperm to you. It wasn't. It ended up being sort of like a like mini therapy. She told me from the outset, like, no, 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 this is, not, this is not a therapy session. I'm not your therapist. I'm just here to talk you through some things. And explain some things to you. And I said, okay. And I've been in therapy long enough that I'm like, okay, here's my story, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm (laughs) blabbing my story to all of you guys. So I have a lot of practice at this. And at the end, she was like, wow, it like really seems like you've got some stuff settled and everything. And so let me just give you my run through of, of things that like are important to keep in mind. And I guess it was sort of like a counseling session on advanced maternal age, aka geriatric pregnancies. She didn't tell me really anything that I didn't already know. And she delivered it to me in a way that I didn't Love, not that she wasn't caring and 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 kind and lovely, it just like it's not my energy um and she kind of was like, <laughs> Here are all the reasons why it might be difficult to get pregnant your you know your eggs will be thicker, and there are less of them, and you were born with all the eggs you'll ever have, and men just keep making sperm like new sperm every day. And I was like, yeah, I've taken health classes, (laughs) I know. And she was like, so in summary, if you don't get pregnant, it's not your fault. It's science's fault. And I was like, right, yeah, my science. Like, it is my fault. Like, if I can't get pregnant, it is because I'm older. Or I, I just am not meant to get pregnant and then I'll adopt and whatever. It was just kind of weird. It was just kind of like a, let me give you the facts in a way that kind of felt heavy. And it didn't make me feel like awesome coming out of the call. But I think for some people, it would probably be helpful if they haven't done as much research as I've already done. Maybe it's that. Or maybe if it was information delivered by somebody else. um, I don't know. But uh, then the other thing that she said that I was really like bumping up on is that I don't think she fully understood the relationship I had with Michael. And I, I don't think a lot of people understand that relationship. I mean, you guys might because you've listened to our podcast episodes, or you're a friend of mine and you've seen him and I together. And it's like, oh, that's a kind of, that's a certain kind of dynamic. I wonder if this woman didn't kind of have more of a, like, conventional, stereotypical idea of, like, a girl and her gay best friend. Because then she was, like, at, and, and it wasn't like she was closed-minded. Like, let me be very clear about that. Like, she was totally, like, cool for you, and it sounds like you got great support, and this is a wonderful per- person to do this with, and it's fantastic that you guys talked through all of this. But she said to me you're going to want to avoid using the term daddy because Michael won't be the daddy. A, a father is somebody who provides a certain kind of support and he won't be doing that. So you'll want to use the term donor. Like Michael is your donor. And when your child is on the schoolyard and some kid asks, who's your daddy? And he says, no, 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 I have a donor. <laughs> who's your daddy? Um, and your child says, Oh, I have a donor, then children just accept that. And I was like, I think you have a <laughs> a generous idea of play art acceptance. But anyway, um, Michael's told me like, we don't have to use the word daddy. I think that's kind of a simplified, idealized version of like father that she was giving me because I have plenty of friends who've had shit fathers, but they're still like, yeah, that's my dad. Or father is like a, you know, legal term <laughs> in some cases. I get to decide what daddy means in the circumstance. And Michael gets to kind of decide what that means. And if I have somebody else entering into the situation, like we get to decide what papa or father or like whatever, I get to choose my own destiny here. And that's not to say that there won't be extenuating circumstances or that perspectives will change or that my perspective may change. Like I may say, maybe we don't use that term. And what she did say that was thoughtful is like, it's difficult to prepare for the things that you don't see coming. And yeah, I totally agree with that. But all I can do is stay like open and adaptable and keep communicating how I feel about the whole situation to all of the people involved, my mother included, you know, my friends included, men or women that I end up in relationships with, like you just got to keep talking. But as things stand right now, I do want to use the term father, daddy. And like if Michael doesn't want that, then we have a conversation about it and we meet on a middle ground because he's still the person I want to do this with. So anyway, that was that call. So we've still yet to have the family building call. Um I'll let you know how that goes when we get there. So let's talk about the results. Okay. There are two results that I have so far. There's the AFC, which is the antral follicle count. And then there's the AMH, which is the anti-Mullerian hormone. And I hope I'm saying that correctly because an umlaut is involved. Let's talk about the AFC first. So the antral follicle count is how many follicles are in my body releasing eggs. Oh my gosh, I should not be teaching a health class on this. So, you know, if you are very interested in exactly how all of this works double check my work because I don't, (laughs) I could pull Wikipedia up and just read it to you directly, but I'm going to wing it. Let's see how far I get. Okay. So the antral follicle count is how many follicles you have in your body. Follicles are in your ovaries. So the follicle releases an egg each month, and then that travels through your fallopian tubes and then into your uterus and whether or not implantation occurs, that egg then comes out in your menstrual cycle. I hope we all know that. One follicle releases an egg each month. So I currently have 12. I have six follicles in each ovary that are functioning. That's good. The average amount of follicles that a woman would have at my age is between eight and 10. So the fact that I'm at 12, we love. I'm thrilled about that. So that number is not going to go up. It's only ever going to go down. All right. I am pulling up Google and we're going to start Googling some things. So let me see, like, how many follicles does a woman have at her prime? All right. We're on whattoexpect.com. And here it says, on average, women in their mid-20s to early 30s have around 12 to 30 antrical (laughs) follicles. Wait, not antrical, antral follicles. Did I say antrical follicles earlier? Now I'm second guessing myself. Um, So cool. So I could have had 12 in my mid 20s. So that feels great. So that's where we are on the AFC count. I'm at 12. AMH, that anti Mullerian hormone, I am currently at 1.17. Kindbody says an AMH of 1 to 6 indicates an adequate number of eggs or good ovarian reserve. AMH of 1 to 6 can be an indication of a good response to ovarian stimulation needed for egg freezing or infertility treatments. AMH is only one piece of your fertile profile, and it is very important to combine information from your fertility assessment to get a complete and accurate evaluation of your fertility. Though this may seem like a broad range, any number between 1 and 6 is considered normal. Now, do I want that number to be higher? A hundred percent. But it's normal. It's good. That's what they say. I'm gently lower than where I would like to be. But when I did some research, it seems like you can pop this number up a little bit with some dietary and lifestyle changes and... That's something I've been doing. So, I mean, I stopped drinking for a while. I am back on the sauce now that it's the holiday season. And I'm about to go on that vacation through Germany and France. Like, sorry, we're going to have a good time. Um, and my, <laughs> and my diet's changing. Like, I was eating a lot of fast food when my dad was sick and I was grieving. And mama still has Taco Bell once a week. But she's loosening her grip on the, like... <laughs> bi-monthly big mac that she was getting for a while um and i use i've been using hello fresh for a long time this is not sponsored i reached out to them about it and they're still considering me but uh i do love HelloFresh. honest to god like i've been using it for about a year and um it's made me a better cook it's made me a more confident person it's made me a more confident chef as did the knife class that i took at Sir la uh highly recommend that because I mince and dice better than I ever have thanks to that class I'm eating better is what I'm saying like I'm cooking more for myself and uh, I and exercise I haven't been where I've wanted to be on that because I've had a lot of foot problems and when you have a swollen foot from minor surgery you can't do what you want to do on it so we're working on it is what I'm saying, so all in all, we're in a good place. The next steps that I have on this whole journey, um, I'm gonna be getting a saline bubble study which is going to determine whether or not my fallopian tubes are open and spitting those eggs out like they should be. That has to be scheduled. I got a message from Kind Body that said cycle day five through nine of your period, which which I gotta talk to them about that because by the time I get to day five, I'm already not bleeding anymore so I just have to confirm that with him and see what works but yeah there's that and then I got to fill out some paperwork for the family building stuff Michael's made his account with kind body so they'll be talking to him about his spermos and um, beyond that my next steps are to fucking enjoy this goddamn vacation Um, I haven't had a proper vacation since January of 2020 I've had a work trip or two. I've had to drive cross country a couple times for family stuff. I got a weekend off in Seattle with Mike. That was really nice. But every other time that I've traveled, it's been for something. It's been for a thing. So it hasn't been... Oh, wait, I'm lying. (laughs) Wait, wait, I'm a total liar. I went to two music festivals this summer and I had a really great time, but I had anxiety about like, how do I dress? What do I do? And like, how do I avoid drugs and Tom Sandoval? I did, by the way, successfully. Um, So I've had little weekends away here and there, but this is like a total un- plugged situation. And and what's even more relaxing for me is that it's a totally unplugged situation for my mom as well, which she deserves more than anyone. So we're going to have a great time. I've got one more episode for you next week and that is going to be with a very exciting guest I'm so thrilled to talk to. And then I go on that December hiatus. So if you're interested in following along with what I'm doing in December, follow me on Instagram. My account there is Meredith K8. So that's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H-K in the number eight. It's in the show notes. I'm doing this trip around Europe, right? And I want to document it the right way. So I got a fancy little camera. I got a little DJI Osmo Pocket 3. I'm obsessed with it and i'm just recording all these holiday antics and i've decided that i'm going to put it all up on youtube in december i've been getting footage of my shenanigans here and i've been recording little videos about like what i'm packing and how i'm prepping and where we're going And I'm gonna participate in something on YouTube that's called Vlogmas, where you release an episode every single day from December 1st through December 25th. It's really nice. I'm learning some like video editing skills and thinking a little bit differently about how I'm capturing footage. And it's just strengthening the skills that I need in the entertainment industry anyway. And I'm finding myself just like, I don't know, more creative and I'm loving it. So I'm gonna do that through December. And then come back in hot in January with more updates on, you know, that bubble study and that family building call and having Michael back and telling you about freezing his sperm and getting some segments in. You know, we're going to be releasing new episodes, releasing new eggs, releasing more sperm inside of me. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be good. 2024 is looking like a fantastic year. I don't want to jinx it. I'm going to knock on wood. But I think this is my year, guys. I think it's going to happen. Anyway, thanks for listening. Happy Turkey Day and have a fantastic week. The Backup Plan is created, produced, and hosted by me, Meredith Kate. Julian Hagens is my co-producer. You can find us on social media at Backup Plan Pod. The best place to get updates is to sign up for our newsletter at BackupPlanPod.com, where we also post all episodes, show notes, and transcripts. Thank you for listening.